0: When we're able to show up as our whole selves, I think we will be able to better understand each other. You know, we we are expecting people to just show up as one thing, but like you said, they were a mom literally five minutes before they walked in the building.
1: you need a counselor podcast my name is julie johnson i am the founder and president here at heart and solutions we are mental health counseling agency and behavioral health agency here in iowa Uh, and we are still doing telehealth sessions for anybody that wants to do outpatient mental health therapy uh, for children teenagers and adults
2: And I'm Krissa Hunt. I am the Vice President at Heart and Solutions. So I'm in charge of our BHIS department. So BHIS stands for Behavioral Health Intervention Services. And that is the program where we go in-home and work with children ages 4 through 18 on different behavioral skills. And we can also see them through telehealth right now as well or in the office or school. And this is our podcast, You Need a Counselor. So we are designed for people curious about counseling, but have barriers keeping them from experiencing the benefits of counseling. Our mission is to share stories about counseling, good, bad, and indifferent, and spread the message that everyone can benefit from mental health and behavioral health counseling services. Yeah, so we post on
1: Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Central. Uh, so we always encourage you to make a routine out of that. If you like listening to the podcast, I know like I'll get such a backlog of podcasts sometimes because I want to listen to all of them. And I only have 24 hours in the day. Uh, and so we invite you to, to create a routine the way that we are. Uh, Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Central. Batch up any task you hate doing. Put away your laundry. Krista and I will be putting away our laundry for the week. Uh, or do your meal prep or walk on the treadmill while you listen to it. But uh, give yourself that carved out time so you don't have to worry about those unpleasant tasks throughout the week. And that gives you that entire week to get scheduled with your counselor or to get connected with our guests and the resources that we provide on this episode. So today we have a guest from Texas uh, coming on, we've got Tanya J. Miller. Um, She is the uh, blogger at Talking with Tanya, Um, she's also an author, Uh, she is a public speaker, um, and she helps people with not only coaching, but specifically with uh, leadership and with coaching uh, in terms of people, but also organizations. Um, and so we're really, really excited to hear from Tanya because uh, we hear a lot uh, in this field about individual services. Um, and we hear a lot from, we, we have a lot of coaches on our on our episodes, and we hear a lot of one-on-one coaching, um, which absolutely is a great resource. Um, but what Tanya brings is a little bit different because it also includes uh, organiza- working with organizations um, and working with leadership. Uh, so, welcome, Tanya. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you, Dr. Julie. Thank you, Krissa. Thank you to the I Need a Counselor family. I'm excited to talk to you guys today.
1: You are so what got you into wanting to be a coach and to be a speaker and an author? It sounds like you've got a really strong message to that you that you're bringing to people in all of these different ways. What got you into wanting to do
0: that? It's kind of one of those things where you've been doing it for so long because you started doing it when you were young and you didn't realize like back when I could say I started doing all of this, coaching wasn't as popular as a term as it was then, but um, pastoral care or um, counseling was and or either just, uh, what did they used to call us, like a team group leader, you know, and so a lot of times that's the role I was in and as I've gotten older of course the role expanded but even in as it expanded I just realized this is what I've been doing forever it's my heart it's my passion um I really want to see people to see people and organizations figure out their purpose figure out their why figure out what it is that um they both have a desire to do and want to do. And so I walk with you along that journey and, and and help you, you know, to see what's what. And I just I don't know. I just love seeing people have that moment where they're like, Yeah, that's me. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's you. And 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 they just are able to just walk in it, you know, unashamed, unorthodox, unusual, unapologetic, all of that. So
1: Absolutely, use that term unapologetic as yeah. your, as as kind of one of these goals that you have for people that that they it be unap- unapologetic and that um, they have purpose yes. in their lives. Uh, what are some of the ways that you help people to now? What causes us to be apologetic in our lives, kind of as a default, and then yeah, how do we yeah. move to that unapologetic? way of uh being in the world
0: if i could tell you a quick story um julie julie um i was at it's a grocery store called sprouts here in texas and there was a like i was in the um cash register line and there was a lady in front of me and she i think she kept saying oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and she forgot something and she was like oh i'm sorry can i go get it and and the cashier was like yes And so by the time the lady came back, the cashier was like, why are you sorry? She's like, why do you keep, you've been saying sorry, sorry, over and again, over and again. She's like, there's no reason to be sorry. You forget stuff. Things are going to happen. She was like, we, especially as women, need to stop apologizing for everything all the time. And that stuck with me that day because literally, I'm sorry is usually everybody's response to anything. If you accidentally bump them, if you take their spot, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so when I thought about that, I thought about it when it comes to your purpose and who you are. A lot of times, so many people are afraid to be who they are because they're worried if, you know, if they'll be judged, they'll be worried if they can actually be who they are or do the things that they want to do. And so from from that standpoint, they're sorry about it. They're apologetic about it. But when it comes to your purpose, when it comes to getting help in therapy and counseling, whatever it is, that is what you need to work on. You shouldn't be sorry about it. You should be literally that dedicated to it that you're unapologetic about getting there. So that's where it comes from.
1: Absolutely, it reminds me of. Uh, have you guys watched "Dead to Me" on Netflix?
2: Not the newest oh. season yet, but yes. Yep. There's the character Judy, and mm-hmm.
1: every every other word out of her mouth is "sorry," I'm "sorry," "sorry," mm-hmm. um, and it reminds me of her because uh, I I know that it is very tempting to feel badly about things that aren't hurting other people, um, you know? And we, we want to make amends when we hurt other people. We want to be apologetic when we hurt others. But being who we are, doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> and Yet we, we feel like, because sometimes who we are or what our life purpose is or what our goals are, They're not what other people want for us. Mm -hmm. And so then we feel like we're harming other people by not acting the way that they want us to act, Um, where that doesn't hurt them. It only hurts the other person because they're putting an expectation on us that we're not meeting. And that's what's harmful to the other person. But we say we're sorry about it. (laughs) (laughs) We do. (laughs) So how does this kind of tie in with organizations and leadership at organizations um, that leadership and organizational leadership is actually, uh, is actually one of my passions. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's what I studied and I, I just, I love it. Um, and so it's, it's an exciting, <laughs> it's an exciting topic because gosh, we spend so much of our lives at work and and our leadership team has a big impact on what that forty hours a week feels like and yes. uh, and what, what that experience is like. Um, And so it's so important for everybody's lives that leadership skills be be visible and and be actively worked on, um because it it impacts not only, the leadership team and the organization, but it impacts everybody in that organization and their families. <laughs> like right. your your right. child feels it, right? When you're having stress at work, so uh, tell me about how how you help people to be unapologetic and to be purposeful in organizations and in leadership.
0: Um, there's kind of two approaches that I kind of go to or uh, operate in. Sometimes I'm in, I'm invited in to speak to let's say the employees or the average average employer coworker, And it's just kind of talking to them about, even though they may be in this role or that role, and it's not a leadership title, you're still an individual contributor. And as the individual contributor, you have personal ownership to be a leader in whatever it is that you do. And so in that standpoint, it's kind of breaking down you know kind of that high level of strategic uh, initiative or that high level goal to how does it trans how does it drill down into you and what's your role and what's your part from a ownership and leadership s- um, situation? The other way is when I'm actually coming in and speaking with leadership teams or even executive leadership, and it's getting them on the same page. (laughs) It's getting them to really coming up with actual achievable initiatives and goals. Because a lot of times in corporate um, organizations, they have this huge high-level goal, but there's no work and no consensus on how to get there. And so a lot of times it's It's bringing the dialogue and bringing the language to what it is you desire to do and how do you communicate it? How do you, what's the language around it? And then what are the expectations of how it's perceived? A lot of times, I guess you could say, I give them homework. They, you know, I give the leaders and the leadership team homework because a lot of times, you know, you can't just say you want to have a better, better organization but you don't know how to frame that. People can't follow what they don't have a leader giving them. So if you can't clearly communicate what it is that you want them to achieve, they can't just, they can't run with it. If it's not written anywhere, you haven't said it, they don't see it, you can't you can't hold them accountable to something that you didn't get them the roadmap for. And so a lot of times it's kind of even that putting that accountability and ownership on them to be able to communicate and disseminate appropriately across front from top to bottom. Because I know what you probably studying um, leadership, special organizational leadership, it's in the middle where it gets a whole lot of gray and a lot goes wrong in the middle. So I I try to bring that balance when I come in and work with um, organizations.
1: Absolutely, I think it's a it's it's easy to have ideas and goals, and then it's like there. <laughs> it reminds me of South Park. I'm sorry. The, <laughs> the I don't know if you guys ever. Krista doesn't. Krista hates South Park, but uh, there's, there's an episode called "The Underpants Gnomes," and their whole business plan is: step one, steal underpants; step two, question mark; and step three is profit. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Step two is question mark. Um, and it always makes me think of the underpants gnomes um, when when I see organizations or when I see even, even individuals as we're breaking down our goals into action steps, having that question mark in the middle of, uh, well, step, you know, step one is this, step two, I don't know, and step three is I hit my goal and I, I live all my dreams. And uh, and so it takes such a intentional thought process to switch from our uh, to borrow from the E Myth right uh, the E Myth book to switch from our um, our entrepreneur right the entrepreneur who's like yes let's go climb a mountain uh, <laughs> and then to switch that to the manager and the manager goes okay I got to get boots though, right like I need to Google when is this mountain open and how much is it and how far is it and, right and and which one do I want to go to and who's coming with me and all of these middle steps that end with me posting on Instagram that I climbed a mountain right and I think there are so many steps in between that um, that I, that's where a lot of people get lost in a lot of organizations get lost in the middle. Um, like you said, that messy metal, that uh, step two question mark. Um, so it, it sounds like you are able to break those visions down, those those overarching goals down into those smaller pieces that um, then, you know, again, to, to go back to the e the mechanic in us, right? The technician that likes, do this, right? Pick this up, put this over here, type this email. Those are the words. Uh, that likes those mechanical things to do mm-hmm. if we can get our manager in place in in ourselves right our entrepreneur has the dream the manager part of us says here's how I need to do that and then the technician can just go okay cool let me make that phone call let me do that Google search right let me go to that bootstore um to make that dream happen so it sounds like you're you're really focused on the middle part
0: yes yes I mean I you know, haven't worked in corporate America for 20 plus years, you know, you see it. You see, you know, I've I've literally um, been in the role because I I do a lot of project management work when I'm actually in corporate work, work, working myself. And so you see how the project may be A, but you're working with like 10 organizations, a couple of external stakeholders, And everybody has their own reason why, thinking, money, everything, but nobody can say how they're getting there, you know? And so from just seeing that over the years, and then just even my personal um, volunteer work that I I do um, and done in the past, I just realized that's the part that needs the most work. That's the part communication. It isn't, you know, just one sided. You know, meaning a lot of times, you know, you get a a performance valuation and they tell you all the things you did wrong. You know, but there's no part in there of the accountability that they were supposed to help you to get there. And so it's it's almost like bringing both sides of the table and having an actual a conversation and not a blind date. <laughs>
1: I like that. Um, the analogy of, of co-workers or on a blind date. You really are. You might, you know, t- you talk to the person, you do the interviews, right? You might chat with that person or uh, Snapchat with them for a, a bit before you go on that blind date, right? <laughs> but once you're on the date, you're on a date with this person, and once you once you've either accepted a job working with somebody or you've hired somebody, you're on this date now, and uh, it could go any, it could go anywhere, and that communication is so important that it be a two way street, um, and there are so many you know great techniques to be able to create conversation even out of a performance review right you put something on there that says okay your your uh goal is to come to work at 9 a.m every day because that's when work starts but uh you've been coming in at 9 10 right observable behavior it's not personally like, I still think you're great but when you walk in the door like, I can't argue with the fact that the clock says 910, right? So observable, right? And then being able to, you know, we have on ours barriers, like what are the barriers mm-hmm. to be able to do this? Because when we can acknowledge what are the barriers and if it's like, uh, because there's no parking in front, right? Like I'm here at 845, but it takes me like 30 minutes to get in the door, right? That's a barrier, and that's a real barrier, right? Or, uh, or I'm not sleeping well at night because I'm having anxiety at night, right? That's a barrier, and that's a real barrier. It's not something that the, you know, that the supervisor, or the the person in leadership, can say, well, I'm going to help you fix your anxiety. But organizations that offer um, EAP programs, right? Our organization mm-hmm. offers. Free counseling and free life coaching and free uh, financial counseling um, and free attorney consultation, right? So those kinds of, yeah, like I'm not the one who's going to help with the anxiety that's keeping you up at night, that's making you sleep in, that's making you late for work. Um, But as an organization, we can put those things in place Mm -hmm. so that as your supervisor, you can go. That's valid. Barrier. Like I see that you're late to work, but like, if you're, if you can't sleep at night because you've got anxiety or you've got racing thoughts at night, that's a, that's a valid barrier. That's something that we can offer you the support to help resolve that for yourself. Um, And those, those pieces in place uh, are so important when we're talking about that shared goal, because nine times out of 10, both people want the same thing. Like if I, if it's my job to come in at nine o'clock and I'm coming in at nine, 10, like, I know that, like, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, and I don't want that. I want to come in at nine. Cause I don't want my supervisor annoying me all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. it's uh, nine times at a time. You've got a shared goal. Um, yes. And being able to put those things in place at an organizational level to say, okay, we, we have to be asking about barriers. Like, we can't address any of those if we don't know what they are. So we got to be asking about them um, and validating them, and then trying to provide the resources, um, like the parking situation, right? Like that's a real that's a real
0: problem. Um, no, and- it is. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> I, I, it it really is a problem. Um, I'll give you a quick story. What, one of the companies I worked with, I was used to a parking garage, you know, c- covered from the elements you know, no, no, no weather hitting you, you know? And then I went and worked for a different company and their parking lot was as big as Ikea and there was no rocks <laughs> And then the building was as big as Ikea. So when you said that part about you get there at 8.30 and it takes you 30 minutes, that literally was my story. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is insane. I'm like, how do you expect anybody to get here? Like. And so people would literally like come to work based upon like the parking schedule and so they would come early just to try to avoid the parking but they still wanted you to stay late it was crazy but I understand the parking situation.
1: Absolutely and it's something that you know in in business school right they're not Labs, but those are the things that make a big difference in a team member's experience right like if I if I sit down at my desk and I'm already mad because I walked in the rain for 20 minutes right and and I feel discombobulated because like all my clothes are wet and everything you know like that's not setting me up for uh that productive day you know at work so um you know, all of these things, they matter. And it, like you said, the communication is so important because even on something like a disciplinary action form or a review form, right. If we're saying this goal or this outcome is not being met, what are the reasons? Because most of the time it's not, well, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> like, sometimes it is. Um, and that's a whole different situation, but most of like the time, is. it's like, I want to do that. I want to be successful. We're like, we know like what's stopping this you know mm-hmm. let's figure it out um and I think that those conversations are so important I love the analogy of a blind date because that's exactly what right needs to happen on that mm-hmm. even if you've talked to each other before like now you're now you're in it you're in a date together mm-hmm. so your blog talking with Tanya so is that or sorry your blog talking with Tanya is this a blog directed for individuals who are trying to uh improve their leadership skills in general in their life like in church or in their friend groups um or is it is it a variety does it depend on the week
0: who's your Yeah, it's a variety i mean i started talking with tanya when i had um created a nonprofit profit year towards young adults and mentorship so um and i just kind of talked about you know life living, the things you may encounter, trying to, you know, pursue your dreams, pursue your purpose, make goals, you know, trying to figure out how do you balance work, family, kids, bills, you know, just different things. And so, you know, from the what is this 2020? So about since 18 years ago when I started it, it's kind of went from an email to a, a video to audio to social media. So it, it's more all in itself. Um, but it it's just really kind of depends on, you know, the message that may be that I want to convey. One of the things I used to tell people about talking with Tanya was I used to tell people, I help people to figure out how to fit the puzzle pieces of life together so that they can do life right and well, and so that's what I, I called that little piece of what I did was, it was just a puzzle piece, you know, to help you figure out everything you got going on, because I want to help you with you're at. So that was kind of where it came from. But I still hope to try and do when I do um, share something.
1: It's kind of a theme a through your work, right? Your work that you do with organizations, and then your, your work that you're um, doing with the blog, of bringing things together that can feel very disjointed, right? Like different parts of an organization, their competing goals within an organization, um, all the different personalities, all the different motivations. and uh, and that that running theme of bringing that all together cohesively. Um, And with the blog it sounds like there is uh, a similar theme there right of trying to go okay we, we have a tendency to be so compartmentalized um, that we don't always get to experience life as a whole person. Um, you know, I, right now I'm experiencing life as a podcast host. And, uh, after that, I'm going to experience life as, you know, an employee and then as a mom and then, you know, as a wife. And, and so, um, we, we have all these different pieces of who we are and mm-hmm. it's rare that we get to, uh, or that we get to, or that we even do, uh, sit down and look at, well, who am I as a whole, yeah. um. And not a mom, right? And not somebody's coworker, but but as a whole person. And that is so tricky in uh, in our world today to bring that all together. Definitely,
0: indeed, it's a challenge. But like you said, you know, when we're able to show up as our whole selves, I think we will be able to better understand each other. You know. We, we were expecting people to just show up as one thing, but like you said, they were a mom literally five minutes before they walked in the building. They were a daughter when they did this. They were, you know, and so I think the more we pay attention to who we are as a whole, the more we're able to actually just understand each other and um, welcome the people for who they are.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh... The more that we're able to allow other people to be their full, whole self, the more that we're able to be our full, whole self. Yes. Yeah. So as a certified life coach, you refer others to counseling, to mental health counseling and behavioral health counseling. Um, and you've also, you've had a counseling experience yourself, and you, you noted it as a bad counseling experience, which I always love that. <laughs> I, I always want to hear the bad counseling experiences, not because I want everybody <laughs> to have bad counseling experiences, but I think that as we hear other people's bad counseling experiences and we hear other people's mediocre counseling experiences and positive counseling experiences, it just helps take another layer off the mystery of counseling mm-hmm. uh and takes can take some of that uh power out of the fear of counseling yeah. when we hear that somebody else had a bad experience and they're okay and that you know and that if that does happen to me i'm gonna be okay
0: mm-hmm. um i'm a proponent of counseling i believe in it especially um with minorities often being raised to think it's not okay it is okay you should do it you should get it just i'm gonna throw this first out you should if, just like you go get a physical a well woman's you should go get your mental checkup at least once a year that is my advice take it run with it call them today the second <laughs> <laughs> um you know i to me um counseling is very um personal and it's intimate it is just as much when I think of counseling I think of it similar to how it would, how it is when I pick when I um enter into a mentorship relationship um with someone I need to know that I can respect them you know I need to know that I can respect them I can trust them and that they'll listen to me like those are at least my top three and so this particular situation, I felt like I was on the phone with my homegirl. I'm just being honest. I was like, I, but I, it was, yeah, it was rough. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, like, bad because she was my homegirl. It was bad because after I said everything I needed to say, she left me and was like, oh yeah, I would be mad too. And I was like, that's it? That's it? wait, and so, I'll be honest, I I because it was it was through EAP, and I really was like, okay, do I want to keep trying to get A- EAP? Because I think at the time, we may have had like seven free sessions, or do I just want to find somebody and just pay them, you know, regular out of pocket? And I gave it two more tries. And by the, the third try, I did end up getting someone that really helped um, for what I was needing to discuss and process and all of that but I'm I'm I, I I yeah I'm not saying that I need you to tell me everything I just said and your your synthesis of it but I need something better than I would have been mad to like it was that yeah <laughs> yeah so um but nothing as a person you know nothing I just that's just not what I needed, and so I to to add to your part, Julia, of you saying, um, you know, there's bad experiences, good experiences. That you take that with the grain of salt too. With what I shared about this particular experience, I don't necessarily think she's a bad therapist. She just wasn't the fit for me, and so that's why I said I liken it to, to a mentor. You have to find that right fit for you with the person that you're literally going to possibly tell stuff that you've never told anybody about. Like if you don't trust them to handle you well and to, um, you know, cover and be there with you in the moment of it all, then you don't have the right person. You know, if you aren't being transparent with them and you're having this fake and phony, then that's not the right person for you. Sometimes um, I tell people, especially when um, I suggest they go to therapy before they come back to coaching, (laughs) I tell them, um, you know, you probably need to get somebody that isn't going to agree with everything you say, because a lot of times that's what people would say a good therapist, oh shit, no, they don't need to agree with everything you say. And they don't. They don't need to become. They don't need to be your best friend either. Like, they let them be what they're supposed to be—to counsel you and to help provide whether it's behavioral therapy, mental health therapy, whatever it is that you need. But um, find your fit for sure. Mm -hmm. My, My last and number one: find your fit.
1: I love that, and I love that you. Had that first experience because you learned from it. You took that and you you reflected on it and you said, "That's not what I need in my in a counselor for me. For me, I need somebody who's going to challenge me. I need somebody who's going to, uh, to yes, empathy is wonderful. Uh, so it's it's great to hear. Well, you know, I'm going to validate you because I'm going to say I, I understand why you're mad. At. at the same time." you know, part of us knows our own nonsense. <laughs> and part of us and so when somebody else reflects our nonsense to us, it can be like, oh, but that's but that's nonsense, right? Because that part of us that knows and why and needs to be challenged on those things because we're challenging ourselves at some level as well. And um and you know, when I hear your story, what it tells me is that you were going into those sessions ready for change. You were going in ready to do the work. And you were, you know, you were like, I, I don't need to waste time, right, on uh, on having a counselor who is just going to agree with me. I need to do the work. It's hard to have a counselor uh you know, challenge us and and disagree with us or or point out things that were like, oh, I didn't want to know that <laughs> you're right, but I didn't want. And so it's hard to do those things. But you went into those sessions ready to do it and prepared to do it. Um, And I, and then you found a counselor who noted that you were prepared to do it and went right in with you. And I think that is such a beautiful story. Um. Of finding, like you said, find your fit. I think it's beautiful. Uh, not every therapist is for every person. I also love that you send people to therapy. They <laughs> come back to coaching. Tell us about that. How do what kinds I mean, of situations?
0: You know, a lot of times I get the question, um either from clients or potential clients, or even just as on podcast interviews. And they say, well, what's the difference to you between therapy and coaching? And I said, if you think about a coach, especially a sports athlete coach, what are they doing? They're on the side, trying coaching you along the way. They're helping you to get to that next goal, that field goal, that touchdown. They're right there alongside it with you. I said, whereas the therapist or the counselor um, they probably they're the ones that may go back and um, look at the playbooks and rewind the game and and look at the play by plays and, and dissect it and and analyze it and then give you tips and tricks or whatever of what you need to do to change so you can to get better at your role. I said so that's how I look at it. Meaning you may not be ready for game day. You may have some goals that are. Um great, but you forgot some of the steps that you needed to take or you need to do some homework before you even can begin to even think about that goal. You know, I'm a big proponent, I don't and I don't say it like this mean, but I don't want you to make lofty goals and airy dreams. I want you to actually have something that's achievable. And that you feel success and that you win at it. And so with that being the case, if I know that you need to do some work with a therapist before you can even begin to get ready to do this next thing you want to do, that's that's what I'm going to tell you to do. I'm not, I don't, I'm I'm, sorry, not sorry. I say that all the time, but sorry, not sorry. I don't want to take your money like that. You can definitely read buy my books if you want to. You can talk, find Taco talk Kenya. You can even sign up for some of the classes. But if you need to do some work, I'd rather see you hold than to push you further than where you're ready to go. I like that. That's
1: a great analogy. You know, I, I've heard the coaching analogy, the sports analogy. I have not heard the your therapist is the one watching the tape with you I that that is I love that that is so right on um and going hey you see how you shift your weight to the right when you do that why do you do that right that's like well because I'm watching myself at the ground Uh, right so okay
2: like
1: What's going on though when you think about launching yourself to the ground, right? Like are you and so I what a great analogy. Um they're the ones why it, it always reminds I'm from Massachusetts, so that reminds me of Tom Brady. Tom Brady would just sit and watch tape and watch tape and he probably still does and watch tape of himself over and over and over, at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And uh, and what a beautiful analogy. All right. So people can find, like you said, people can find your books on Amazon, but also at shop.tanyajmiller and Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, and then the initial J in the middle. Um, What are some books that you would recommend or what would you recommend if somebody's going to by one and and by one, which one would you recommend for somebody just new to your work?
0: I would say honestly, especially um in the work that I know you all do and the, um the individuals that are probably tuning in every Sunday to the newest podcast episode. Um I would say my first project, which is called My Matters and it's literally talking to you about getting out of your head, getting unstuck and back on purpose is talking to you about getting your mind right. Because so many times we have a lot going on up here, especially if you think a lot like me, <laughs> it takes a lot to quiet your, your thoughts and your mind down. And so I just talk about it because sometimes we stay in there too long, especially introverts like me will stay in there and we'll forget that we're supposed to be over here doing life with everybody else because, you know, we may have some stuff going on and we're getting very internalized. And so I just talked to you about some of those things or so ways to identify if you're having that time or um, ways to help or even if you're an individual that there's somebody you love and care and they're in a rough place. I even talked to you about how you can help them out and how you can, you know, just be there for them. And so, especially with it being the holidays and the new year, yeah, you you wanna make sure you're ending it good and you're starting it good with a right mind. And so, my first project, Mind Matters, but then I would also say my most recent project, which is a right mind matters. And um, I just released that, like, last week. Yeah, Thanksgiving, (laughs) Black Friday. So, yeah, I would say those two, you know, getting your mind right, keeping it right, doing all the work, and choosing to be successful in your own terms, not according to the definition of anybody else.
1: Awesome. So, Mind Matters. Uh, could be a great christmas gift to ourselves mm-hmm. and a right mind matters could be a great new year's gift to ourselves <laughs> <laughs> uh and and these <laughs> seem like your work just really seems like it's for people who want to do the work who want to work on themselves who want to uh you know dig into those things that are going on with the internally within mm-hmm. ourselves um, and you know, it's not about other people. It's about what's going on in here. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so gifts for ourselves, Christmas gift or New Year's gift for ourselves. um, What a great fit that would be. So uh, those can be found on Amazon or at shop.tanyajmiller.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Tanya. This has been uh, great interview, lots of information. Um, you, you speak in analogies, which really, you know, that gets me. I, I always love that. <laughs> so if you could give <laughs> a suggestion to somebody on the fence about starting either coaching or counseling, what suggestion might you give?
0: I would say you owe it to your past self, your present self, and your future self. Um, You owe it to your past because you want to know what made you you and how you got here. You owe it to your present self because you want to be here living in the moment. And you owe it to your future self so that you can be um, equipped to be your best self. And so if therapy um, is something you've been thinking about, you're not just thinking about it just to think about it. You're thinking about it because you really know you need to do it. And sometimes those best friends and everybody are all the random people that you tell all your business to aren't the right people. <laughs> and so let's, let's, get, you know, go with a professional, go with somebody that's going to, um, through hear your heart and to, um, help you, um, in the ways that you know, you desire to be helped.
1: I love that. All uh, all pieces of ourselves, right? Coming together, our past self, our future self, and our current self. And uh, gosh, I do so many things I hate for my future self. <laughs> I hope she appreciates it. <laughs> uh, so, no, I think that's wonderful. And uh, and I, I think it kind of goes back to a distinction that you made uh, previously when you were talking about that first counseling experience, where you said, it it felt like you were talking to a friend, you know, it felt like you were talking to a girlfriend and that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for, like you said, a professional. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I love that distinction that you're making as well, not only between, uh, you know, the value of coaching, the value of mental health counseling um, and then the value of friends. And yeah, it's valuable to talk to a friend, but not in the same way that it's valuable to talk to a life coach and not in the same way that it's valuable to talk to a therapist, they all serve separate benefits and uh, and purposes. So definitely, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Julie.
0: I am Tanya J. Miller, and I need a counselor. Awesome.
1: awesome. Me too. So does Kressa.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all do. I, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about um, how those counselors were through an EAP. You know, when you we have an EAP here and uh and I was assigned a life coach uh through that EAP and I'd never done life coaching before and um and it just you know it wasn't a good fit and so then I got another life coach through the EAP love that like absolutely love it and so when you talk about you know find your fit with therapy and with life coaches it's so true because that first one for me I was like I don't know and it was my first life coach so I was like maybe this is what it's like and then I got that new one I was like oh no that's not what you know this is what it is about Um, so absolutely love that experience Wonderful. Well, if you are in Iowa um, and looking for outpatient mental health counseling services or in-home behavioral services for children, uh, give us a call. If you are um, near any of our six office locations, we can do in-person for you or we can do telehealth anywhere in the state. Our phone number
2: is 800-531-4236. And then like Julie mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we post new episodes every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central. So save up whatever task you hate doing that week and listen to us while you get that done. And then we can help connect you with some of our resources and our guests that we have on our episode that week. And if you have any questions for us, you can reach us on our Instagram at you need a counselor podcast or on our Facebook page at you need a counselor podcast as well. So I'm Krista Hunt. And I'm Julie Johnson. And we need a counselor. And so do you.
0: Bye.